The following is recorded for Marine Creek Church. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Pastor Matt, if this is your first time here, there's a guest card in the worship guide that you were handed on the way in. Uh, we'd love to get some information uh, to you, and the only way we can get it to you is to get uh, how to get it to you. So if you'd fill that out, just a level of your comfort, but that's also for communication back to us, prayer requests, praise. Um, we love to pray for you. We also love to hear how that's going. So any updates, any email address changes or all that stuff, uh, address changes, phone number changes. If you got a new dog, anything like that, just let us know. You know, I'm just, you don't have to tell us about the dog, but it's all right. Um, we'll celebrate with you. I want to, I want to thank you. This week was an incredible week. And, um, the Northbrook uh, and Marine Creek Elementary schools were, were just phenomenal uh, to, to go to this week. And thank you for your Project Christmas blessing. It was almost 160 kids, right, Amber? Amber helped. She was the one that made all that move forward. So y'all would hear me talk about it, and you'd see everything happen. It actually takes hands and a heart to make it move, and Amber was the hands and the heart. So thank you for doing that. And uh, yes, thank you. <clears throat> it, 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 was, it was so incredible to go and deliver those gifts. And, and let me tell you, Creek, I love you. Um, thank you for being generous. Um, thank you for truly desiring to bless people. The way you bless people is to be able to give them something that they will never be able to return uh, the, or be able to pay you back for. And it was so beautiful watching the kids come in and the, the parents come in because the kids are just asking for Christmas presents. Parents are carrying the stress of how to do it, and you guys removed an incredible amount of stress off of families that have uh, just that, that worry, how are we going to do this? So thank you for that. Um, I've got a letter. There's several letters that I'll, I'll, we'll put out on the table, but I'm going to read this one. Kevin, uh, Pastor Kevin picked out one. He was hoping to make me cry. I didn't in the first service, so I'm just mean. I'm mean today. Um, <laughs> but uh, this letter says, thank you for all the presents, Santa. I wish you the best Christmas ever, and thank you for all the hard work you put in to make Christmas. You know what I love about that? Kids don't see that we did that, but that's okay, because we didn't do it unto ourselves. And, and we don't possess the power to do, the, do it the way we did it. I'll just share with you, every year we're, we, we talk about this, and we kind of have a plan going into it, and every year God stretches us. Um, we kind of had our maximums, you know, this is what we believe we can handle, and uh, we blew that out of the water, um, or God blew that out of the water, you know, he's just like, hey, that's funny, guys. Um, so as soon as we started, we're getting phone calls, do you think you could take more kids? Can you do more kids? Can you do more? And it's one where you go, well, let's pray about it, but, but really you're like, God's going to say we got to do it. So it was like, okay, God, we'll say yes, but you figure out how to do it. And, and what was even more fun, now looking back, it's more fun. Um, the, the week before Thanksgiving, we had to cancel the third service because they were threatening ice, and it never happened, by the way, which I'm still bitter about. Um, and then um, there is one less week this year between Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is important for that shopping. And then we had, on the 8th, they actually came through on that threat, and it iced and tore us up the whole weekend, which was the last weekend we were going to sign out kids because they had to be back on the 15th. So I'm sitting at the house iced in, entombed in ice, as some new station said, which I think is funny. That means we're all ice men, um, just saying, Encino man. But um, 
I'm on a lot of medication right now, so uh, it's not puberty, it's medication, it's, it's an infection. Um, so where was, I? oh yes, there's one last week between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then we had the ice, but what's incredible is we're, as I'm praying about this with the ice storm, I'm like, God, I know you, I know, you, you called us to do this, and I know you got this. But what's so incredible is via email and other ways, you guys picked up kids. And, and we had some, some ladies at the church who loved to shop. And it was, I, we should have sent a video crew out with, with this army. Um, it wouldn't have been a man. There was no men in this group, okay? If there was a man in the group, he would have been in front, like 20 yards in front, yelling stampede. Um, but they're going through the stores, filling carts. I mean, it was pretty, it was awesome. They were sending me pictures, and I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not there, but um, I'm so glad to be a part of this, you know? So, uh, but every child was taken care of, and uh, when we delivered this, the schools were so grateful, and, and thank you for doing that. Um, that is such a blessing. That is a Christmas tradition that will always be a part of who we are. Um, I love uh, Christmas traditions that we've set. Um, this is our fourth Christmas and uh, this is our Christmas weekend service. We're not going to do a Christmas Eve service this year, just by the way of nature of our, our lease. And uh, they have uh, they actually open on Christmas Eve here, so we're doing our special Christmas services uh, today, which won't be the case next year. We're already doing. We're I'm already planning Christmas Eve services in the new facility. By the way, I mean my team is having to be like uh, Matt. Uh, why don't we pull that back a little bit? So, but I'll put this out publicly. Does anybody have a snow machine? <laughs> hey. We can make it happen. Hey, all it takes is faith, right? Um, no, I am so excited about next Christmas Eve, but I'm, I'm so excited to be here in the present with you um, and family. And I love family traditions, and I love uh, the traditions that I have in my home and my family. I love being a part of uh, our church where we're creating new traditions and, and memories together. Um, one tradition that I'm ready to kick is it seems like every Christmas uh, services. I'm sucking on cough drops, and my voice is an octave lower. So that's from the voice. I learned that word from the voice. Not the voice, the sing-off. So as we get into this uh, message, um, there's, there's two passages of Scripture we're going to look at, Acts chapter 20 and Luke chapter 2. And uh, if you've got a Bible, you can meet me there. Uh, we'll start Acts 20 and then go to Luke 2. Um, if you don't have a Bible, we have some on the ends of the rows for you. If you don't own a Bible, write your name in that one. That's our Christmas present to you. Merry Christmas. Um, we, we talk a lot about giving, and, and giving is, is really an exciting thing. Um, but I also want to spend some time today on the idea of receiving gifts. Um, the, the, there's, I'll be honest with you. I loved giving those kids the Christmas presents this week. It was watching their face light up. They don't even know what's in it. But, but I mean, some of it you can tell. But um, their faces were just, I mean, just beaming. But I'll be honest with you, I also like getting gifts. I like receiving gifts. I know there's some presents under the tree that have my name on it, and I'm already excited. I'm fighting my temptation because in, in our house, it's easy to figure out what we got each other. Our Amazon account is tied together. So really, all you do, I wonder what she got me. Your account, uh, latest orders, I have resisted the temptation to do that. I have. I'm being, I'm being honest with you. I would confess it if I did, but man, I just want to click on that just to see what she got me under the tree. I'm excited about opening those presents because if she's going off my wish list, it's going to be a good Christmas. Um, anyway, Acts chapter 20. Uh, we normally teach verse by verse through, the, through books of the Bible, um, and we're in the book of Acts 
Then we took a break uh, to do our foundations updates and then Christmas. And uh, actually, in the next couple weeks, we're going to be back full swing in the book of Acts. Um, But I wanted to read you a passage from Acts chapter 20 that the Apostle Paul has given a farewell to the uh, Ephesian elders, the elders of the church at Ephesus. And uh, I'm going to read this whole passage to you and kind of hone in on something that he says. Uh, Acts 20, we'll start verse 32. He says, Now I commit you to God and the word, to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, we, we like to hone in on that and, and make that a giving passage, that it's more blessed to give than receive. Here's some interesting, some Bible knowledge for you. Um, this refers back to the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes, where Jesus was talking about the attitudes and the blessings and things um, uh, when, he, when he gave the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Um, but it's not recorded that he said these words. Obviously, this came from time spent with Jesus. So to know Jesus is to know his character. And for him to say this, you understand that it was a high priority of Jesus to take care of the poor, those who are marginalized, the oppressed, those who cannot take care of themselves. This was a big issue for Jesus. And at some point, maybe around a campfire, he told them, it's more blessed to give than receive. Now, I think we hone in on just the giving piece, but we need to understand there's blessing in receiving. I don't want, I'm not getting into a different or weird theology that our giving obligates God to give back to us. God gives us. It doesn't take long in Scripture to see that we have a giving God. That he, giving is spoken of so much in the Bible, and I'm not trying to twist a Christmas message to get money. I don't need your money. I'm not trying to preach your money out of you. I preach Jesus, that's all. That changes everything. But giving is tied to the heart of God because it's a heart issue. Our giving and our receiving is tied to our heart. When our heart is able to give freely, we can also receive freely. There's a blessing in giving. Jesus said it's more blessed because we're giving out of that abundance of the heart. But we can also receive, and that's a blessing as well. I mean, you look at the things that God gives us. We have a perfect father who knows how to give us good gifts, and he gives us what we need. I've got a lot of wants on my Christmas, Christmas list. Trust me, I'm sure you do too. I know a lot of us want a lot of things. There are things that people in this room and in our church community want uh, more than anything, and it might be just another day with someone who they lost. But the amazing thing about our father who knows how to give good gifts, gives us everything we need. He supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory, which means our Father gives to us, which means we need to be able to receive those as a blessing. I hope that maybe this this next couple of days, 
as you spend time just kind of remembering and recentering yourself on the greatest gift is Jesus. And it comes back that God knows exactly what you need and how to supply that. And he gives that to you. You look at the other things that God gives us. He gives us spiritual gifts to edify the body, to build up the church. You look at the fruit of the Spirit that He gives us. He produces in that. We can't manufacture it. We, don't, we abide in Christ, full of the Holy Spirit, and the fruit is produced in our life. God, so God gives us that fruit. It is the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are gifts God puts in our life. I can, I can experience joy because I receive it from God. I can experience love because I receive it from God. I can experience patience because I receive it from God. I know, I, I, I mean, I'm sure God's going to show me how much I frustrate him sometimes. I mean, just my prayer life over the last three months, I'm sure God's like, dude, come on. I, I'm testing God's patience right now. But he's a patient God. He gives patience. He is a giving God, I want to look at the, the greatest gift that, that is ever given, and that is Jesus. Um, one of the traditions that, that we do in our home on Christmas night is we read this story out of Luke chapter 2. We start Christmas morning with prayer that in all things, all the unwrapping and food and all the stuff, that Jesus is the center of everything and that he is glorified with how we celebrate and honor him this day. And then we close the night by reading this story. And I want to make it a family tradition in our, in our family as well. And that's Luke chapter 2. It's the birth of Christ. And, and uh, let's finish this up. We're actually going to finish also with a time of communion uh, today. So Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the Roman Empire, or the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. 
And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That's the birth announcement of the greatest gift that history has ever known. The greatest gift that was given um, is Jesus. And so as we talk about being more blessed to give than receive and understanding that there is still blessing in receiving, what does it mean to receive Jesus? I mean, the world received him in, in, in a very humble way, and I think that we can, we can look at some attitudes of our heart on how we receive. I, th- I think one of the first ways is we have to receive with a heart of humility. Pride can block us from receiving fully. Well, here, here's what pride does. Uh, pride will, will create such a, a, a wall around our heart that it will hinder us from receiving anything God wants to give us. Well, I won't say it'll hinder us receiving everything because God actually sets himself against the prideful man. So we will receive some wrath. But pride disables us from receiving or being blessed in that receiving because pride says I deserve better. Pride will look at it and go, wait a second. If Jesus really is the son of God, shouldn't he have come in a more magnificent way? I mean, Jesus, God chose the most humble way. I mean, he he chose Mary, a teenage girl, commoner. This was a a virgin birth. An angel appeared and said, you're going to give birth to the Christ child. You've got Joseph, and you've got a very humble situation. You've got Jesus being wrapped in cloths and placed in a manger. A manger is a feeding trough. Imagine if you've been to the petting zoo or if you've been around farm animals, you understand what that feeding trough is going to look like, going to smell like. Think about it this way. You have the God of the universe. The book of John tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. John says that Word is Jesus. Colossians tells us that all things were created by him and for him, speaking of Jesus. So Jesus, the creator, sustainer of all things, who before anything existed, created it. It was created by him and for him, who sits in the glory of heaven, who sits with, with, with beings surrounding the throne of heaven, saying, glory to God in the highest Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Steps from that glory, wraps himself in flesh, and he is born and placed in a manger. He wraps himself in the most humble of circumstances. I think he does this because we have to learn humility to receive him. He says, I'm willing to lower myself And I expect you to do the same. Because you see, I've confessed and professed Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and he is above me. 
And if he's willing to be born in a manger, then I will go lower. I will do everything I can to serve him. And pride will block me from humbling myself because I should think I deserve better. I've had to confess this. If I were writing this Christmas story, I wouldn't have done it this way. I mean, it would have been like an intergalactic event. I mean, there would be no mistaking. Instead of going to shepherds and sending angels to shepherds, which also is a sign of humility, the shepherds were the lowest rung on the social ladder. When shepherds are walking down the street, people cross the street. God chose a way to humbly enter the earth and then went and, and to the lowest of the low and, and made that birth announcement to the shepherds. It's a beautiful story, beautiful thing when you understand what God's doing with humility and all of this. But I would have made this a huge event. You wouldn't have been able to miss it. You'd be like, that's God. You know, it, it, there would have been like, I don't know, you don't even want to know. It's all, I'm, I'm messed up that way. So we, we must um, receive with humility. We've got to receive with a gracious heart. I heard one guy say it this way. An old pastor said, a gracious heart is a spacious heart. To receive gifts with grace. Now, we we have all received gifts that as soon as we opened it, we put on that game face. You know what I'm talking about. You know, another family tradition in my house is that movie Christmas Story. No, I do not look like Ralphie. No, I will not say the Red Rider speech. Let's drop it now. Okay, we've dealt with it. We've confronted the issue. Elephant is out of the room, all right? But there's a scene when they're opening the gifts, and you know, all the kids are like, oh, that's fine, that's fine. I love watching the dad. He's opening things. He's like, oh, I can't assignmentize. It's car wax. He's like, great. You know, and then he gets the bowling ball, but he says, didn't I get a tie this year? I think because he was mentally prepared to thank them for the tie. You know, it, here's what a gracious heart does. You receive the gift and you say thanks. You don't start thinking, uh, how do I get rid of this? Or what were they thinking? I have never in my life mentioned any desire to own something like this. Why would you consider this? That's not a good response, by the way, Wednesday morning, Christmas morning. Let me help you know. And, and, and here's some other coaching. Um, it's probably going to be a serious time of exchanging gifts. You'll know if it's a gag gift exchange, okay? So don't play it off as a gag gift. Okay, that's because that is just, you, you, uh-uh. Now, you'll be calling me on Wednesday. Pastor Matt, we need some family help, man. Um, the tree is out the window. There's suitcases at the door, and it was all over a present. I'm just telling you. I'm not saying it's happened to me. I counsel y'all, okay? Uh, I got enough wisdom on that. You smile. Thank you so much. You can figure out how to re-gift it later or clear out a spot in your closet to hang it where you, you just forget about it, all right? But we receive with a gracious heart. There's grace involved with receiving and being blessed in receiving. So this grace is we have to receive grace to give grace. We have to receive it first. If we've never received grace, we can't give grace. And and there's also a tradition that's creeping in, and I've done this, where it's like you go buy your own gift. You know, it's like, here, honey, you go buy your own gift and I'll wrap it. Okay, that's not a gift. That is, you have bought yourself something and somebody wrapped it to disguise it as a gift. Salvation cannot be bought. The gift of redemption cannot be bought. We can't say, Jesus, I got this. I'll tell you what, I'll pay for it because I want to set the parameters of my gift. 
but why don't you wrap it with your blood? <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, I want no part of that. We have to receive the grace. Jesus came to show grace. He was born. He, was, he lived a perfect life. He gave himself on a cross. And he walked victoriously out of a tomb on the third day so that we could have grace. So that we could receive him. So that when he walked out of that tomb, he can walk into our heart, our life, and we receive him graciously. There's just so much joy and gratitude that he longs to give us. And so many of us have blocked it because we can't receive it. We also have to receive with a heart of belief. Um, think about the shepherds in this story. They, 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 were, they were out doing their thing and all of a sudden angels show up and they're saying, hey, we got some good news. And okay, I, I've never seen an angel and gone through that experience. Many of you are at the creek know what would happen to me if that were the case. Um, to catch the rest of you up, I would have to have a change of clothes. Okay, um, The shepherds are probably a little more manly than I because they didn't have to send them new robes. They just said, don't be afraid. Um, they would have to shout that to me over and over and over and, and probably yell clear at least three or four times. Um, but they said, don't be afraid. We bring you good news of great joy. It took incredible faith to receive that news. Think about this. It, it, it takes, every one of us has to have an element of faith to receive a gift. We, we, we're handed that box. We start to unwrap it. And first of all, we have to have faith that this person thought enough of us to get us this gift. And then when we open it, we have to have the faith to believe that this is ours. I mean, you'll see this on Wednesday. You'll, you'll probably see some of the experience of, oh, this is, thank you. And, and don't be trying to pick people out that way. But then you will recognize when people get a gift that they really like. Because you can't hide that. This is going to happen. I mean, you know, it's, it's just like a third grade boy getting a super cliffhanger racetrack. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. That's the cars that fly upside down, or they don't fly. They drive They're on the track. They do the loops and everything up the wall. I had one of those. Best gift ever. Not being emphatic or anything. But you know, and you got to share that. So when, when, and I had to have the faith, like, this is my gift. This is mine. I possess this. This is for me. You know, you have that moment like, did you really mean to get this for me? Do you know how much they spent on that? It takes faith to receive. And, and here's the beauty of it. God gives us the faith so that we can receive the faith that we can then return back to him. I know that sounds confusing. Let me simplify it for you. We can't fake faith. We can't muster it up. We don't conjure it up. The God of the universe gives us faith in our heart. And we say, I believe I trust you, the greatest gift of ever that, that all of history, all of time hinges on, that our eternal life, that our salvation, that our forgiveness of sins, that grace hinges on. 
I believe you have given that to me, and I want to receive that by faith. And God says, I'm giving you the faith to receive it. Now receive it. And he continues to do this in our life. It takes great faith. What happened to the the shepherds after they see all this? I mean, it took faith to go on this journey and not just hear the announcement from the angel. Oh, that's cool. That's great. I'm sure the world's going to be happy about that. No, they said, we've got to go and see this. They pursued this gift. They used it. It's not one that goes back in the box and on the shelf. It's going to be at work in my life. I'm going to use this. There's value in it. God gives us things of great value. So they, they follow, they go, they find Jesus, they worship him. It says they left glorifying and praising God. When faith opens our eyes, our heart, our minds to the reality that Jesus is the best thing ever, even, even, if, even if the gospel messes up your life, it's still the best thing that's ever happened to you. They left glorifying and praising God. I hope that we leave here today glorifying and praising God because the greatest gift in the history of creation was given for us. And I want you to know that just as the shepherds heard the angels say, unto you a child is born. I want you to hear this. That God is speaking to you. Unto you, a child has been born. And that child grew in wisdom and favor and stature with God and man. That child grew to a man and at the age of about 30 entered public ministry. Called disciples to follow him traveled the countryside, turning the world right side up, was arrested, was given a mock trial, was beaten, was walked up a hill called Calvary, was nailed to a cross, gave his life for us, his body placed in a tomb, And Jesus descended into the depths of hell and defeated hell, defeated the grave, defeated sin, defeated the enemy, and on Easter morning, walked out. Unto you, a Savior has been given. Will you receive the best gift ever? Let's pray. Our ushers are going to move into a time to prepare to hand out the communion elements. But before they do, I just, I I, I want to challenge everyone in this room. Maybe you've been a, a Christian for a long time. Maybe this is a gift you received as a child. But let me, let me challenge you. This is the gift that is the greatest gift. Let me encourage you, maybe this morning or or at some point this week, to pray as David prayed when he said, Restore to me the joy 
of my salvation. When the greatest gift in the history of creation is opened in your heart, there's incredible joy. And if you've been walking with him for a while, there should still be that incredible joy. And if it's not there, pray. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Let me unwrap even more of you, Jesus. Reveal more of your presence in my life. Maybe, maybe you were invited here or somebody coaxed you into coming because there's free breakfast or something. And maybe for the first time in your life, you're hearing the Christmas story and something is, has, has lit up. Maybe that's the faith that God is giving you. And, and I just want to encourage you And in the quietness of this moment, just the depth of your soul and your heart. Now, I want you to respond to that faith. And just say, Jesus, I believe you are the greatest gift. I believe that you were born. I believe that you lived a a life that was perfect and pleasing to God. I believe you died for me. And I believe you walked out of that tomb. And I want you, I want to receive you as the greatest gift I've ever been given. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. Yeah, there's nothing magic about those words. That's not anything you can conjure up. Those are words that have to come from a heart of faith. And in that faith, God makes you new. It is though you have just been reborn into this Christmas story. And if you want help, if you need help, you have a family now that will walk with you, that will encourage you, and that will help you, that will love you, and that will protect a safe place in this body to wrestle with these things. Father, we love you. We thank you for the greatest gift that we could ever ask or imagine that even though we would have never thought to have asked for, you did because you know how to give good gifts. And I pray that you transform our hearts, open our hearts, give us fresh eyes, Give us clean hearts, clean hands to be able to receive all that you have to give us. And let us receive it with humility and grace and faith. We love you. We thank you. Happy birthday. Amen. Marine Creek Church is located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. Thank you.